Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. Well, we've talked about healthy conflict in marriage many, many times before, but I don't think we can ever talk about it too much because it's always there. I'm John Fuller. Greg Smalley is my co-host. And Greg, there are couples who aren't even willing to listen to this because it has to do with conflict and they don't, they don't like it. Why is that? Yeah, most people avoid conflict because either they poorly saw conflict handled as they were growing up. It was ugly. Or their parents disappeared behind closed doors. They have no idea what went on. Or they've had really negative, bad experiences with their own conflict, which is what happened to my wife and I, which is why I avoided conflict like the plague. (laughs) Which is why you're a counselor. Okay, well, we'll get into that later. (laughs) Right now, we want to hear from Ron and Deb DeArmond. They have written a book about conflict and how to fight well, something, Greg, that you and Aaron talk about a lot. Let's go ahead and listen to Ron and Deb as they talked to Jim Daly. Ding, ding, round one. Here we go, guys. (laughs) Let's go. Put on the gloves. I love that. Don't go to bed angry. Stay up and fight. fight. Okay, let's go right there. Some people are going, what? That's not... Right. So answer the critic right out of the gate, the person that says you should never be fighting as a Christian couple. I don't think there's a Christian couple who's gone through premarital counseling that hasn't been told that it's not okay to go to bed angry, that you've got to... You got to work it out. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. That's Ephesians. That's in Ephesians. And it's misunderstood. If you break that down, it doesn't say don't go to bed until you have a resolution. Don't go to bed until you've come to agreement. It means don't go to bed angry. How long does that take? That's true. It could be it, usually just minutes. Well, and, I think. and we forget that anger is an emotion. And so deal with the emotion. What is it that made you angry? And that's not necessarily the resolution, but at least it's identifying. And, and you're not dealing with the facts. You're just dealing with the emotion of the thing. And it's like, hey. Can we deal with that? And then we can go to bed, and then we can deal with this tomorrow, the facts of the case. So when you look at um, the couples that you counsel, I think, in fact, when you wrote this book, you did a survey to kind of find out where people were struggling. What were the results of that survey? Not surprisingly, the top two were poor communication, and the second one was feeling unappreciated in in the marriage. Mm -hmm. And the truth is, if you're not good at communication, everything on the list after that is going to be impacted. So you think that's the linchpin? I, communication I is the key. I think it is. And it's not just, do I communicate well, but am I willing to speak up on this issue and risk conflict? It's quiet tonight. Do I want to trouble that? So let's think about the early times in your marriage. Did that prove true for you? Did the survey hold up for your own experience? It did. and But it, within the communication there, it, with the appreciation tagged onto it, it, it meant that there was an early form of honor in, in at least dealing with each other. So that no matter what we were talking about, there was honor and respect and I value your opinion. I'm looking at what you're saying. And, you know, actually it was easier to listen early on than it is later. The older you get, the harder it becomes to listen. And why do you think why? that is? Yeah. I, I, to me, it's because I've formed all these ideas in the process of, of a conflict, and then she tries to stick in something else, and it's like, well, I've already figured it out. And so, so is your, your conflict resolution easier today or more difficult? 
It's just as challenging. Just as challenging. Truthfully, like it is. Yeah, that's good. You, you know, when there are children in the house, there's a buffer there. It's like not in front of the children. A buffer? A buffer. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, it's a whole sometimes what are you the talking cause. About? You're right. Sometimes the argument is about them. But you also don't want to have that disagreement in front of them. And so sometimes it just resolves itself or it's later it's like, what was that about? So when it's very quiet and there's a lot of, you know, opportunity. And as Ron said, you get older, you think you know how it works. I'll bet for both of you gentlemen, there's been some time when your wife has brought up a topic and you think, I know just where she's going. Do it for 43 years. (laughs) We've done it for 31. Okay. (laughs) But there are plenty of times when I don't have a clue what's coming. That's that's really (laughs) the problem. uh, That's no, I I can get that. Now, in the survey, you also identified faith as a perspective. You had some non-believers in the survey. What did you see? Anything distinctively between the Christian group that was surveyed and the non-Christian group? No. And that's why we did it. Because we, we really wanted to understand does our faith give us an advantage? Yeah, and the what answer does, was no. What does that mean to you as as counselors, as researchers? That seems like that would be such a deflating data point. It was. And Ron's done a fair amount of, uh, well, not a fair amount, a lot of counseling with men in particular. I think that when tempers flare and the emotions rise, we just forget who we are. And yeah. who's we are. We go to the flesh. We go to the flesh. We go to wanting to win. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, well, so how, how, do we, how do we let our faith instruct us more constructively? <laughs> we learn to deal with our emotions in a, in a correct way, the way God gave us emotions, not in a negative way. Uh, emotions are not always talked and taught about in our church. We talk about the truth of the word of God, the black and white of the word, and don't go to bed angry and, you know, and the joy of the Lord and all of these emotional things within the scripture. But yet you get into it and now you're at home and you're dealing with frustration, anger, and then joy. And it's, it's like I need, to, I need to have an outlet. And most of the men that I work with, they don't deal with their negative emotion in a way and, and share it to their wife. She doesn't need to know this. She does need to know it. She needs to know what frustrates you, what brings that negative emotion up, so that then the positive emotion can come in. I will never forget the day that Ron, in the middle of a pretty heated argument, put his hand up in the international stop sign and said, you know, Deb, he said, you process quicker than I do, you talk faster than I do, and if you want to win, girl, you're on a roll. But he said, if you want the best solution for this, we need to de-escalate this mm-hmm. Really look at it together so we can come up with something we can both agree on. And, and I'll be honest enough to say that in the moment, I thought, well, mine is the best solution, therefore I win. <laughs> but part honest. of it was he called it out. And I think that that's what's helpful with emotion. If I can see high emotion and he's just walked in the door, it's probably not about me or about this issue. Hey, what's going on? That's a really good point from Deb about uh, emotions. You cannot resolve an argument just with emotion. Uh, It just escalates. And, Greg, there are some healthy ways people can kind of step back and de-escalate the argument uh, like Ron and Deb were talking about, right? Absolutely. But the key is that you have to recognize that you're dealing first and foremost with your emotions. And the temptation for a lot of couples is that they're trying to still deal with the relationship issue. So whatever the topic was that got them into the conflict. And I always tell people that's an an enormous waste of time. You have to deal with you 
first. You've got to de-escalate your own emotions. And John, over the years, I've learned like when when Aaron and I are in a big conflict, it's it's good to call a timeout. Nothing productive mm-hmm. comes from when we're both stirred up and upset and and frustrated with each other. So take a break. I'll usually tell her I'm going to take a break, but I will be back. Okay, there that does seem scary to some people because that means you you're not man enough to fess up and just take care of it right now. Right? <laughs> oh, I never looked at it that way. <laughs> but you know, the reality is when was the last time that you were so emotionally stirred up, kind of closed, your heart shut down, that you were able to have a good, productive conversation? That's a fair point. So it usually most people can't make that work. And that's why we say, who cares? Just take a break, say you'll be back. And then while you're in this sort of self-imposed timeout, I've learned that listening to praise and worship music, for example, oh. just, just kind of calms me down mm-hmm. for other people. Like Erin, yeah. my wife, she loves to clean. Like that, and, and never in a million years would I think, I'm so upset with Erin, I'm going to go clean something. <laughs> but for her, that's, that, that's, that's what she's learned to do yeah. to, to calm down. So you're trying to figure out what helps you to calm down and then ultimately go to the Lord. And to me, that's the censure. So if I'm really going to de-escalate, calm down so I can return to this conversation with Aaron and where it's healthy, productive, that I want to go to the Lord and, and just have a conversation with, with my father and just say, God, right now I'm frustrated. Your daughter, you made her. Why is she so difficult? But then ultimately what I'm trying to, to pray through is, God, how do you want me to show up? What, what do I need to be aware of? What are the blind spots that I'm missing yeah. here? Does this apply if, I, just a hypothetical, I have a friend who <laughs> mentioned something to his wife and she escalated. He, he remained calm. What, what should he do in that? I think anytime you're recognizing that one of you is stirred up, there's nothing wrong for you saying, you know, right now. This is I, my friend, not me. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> do, do, was I saying you? So you're, tell your friend there's nothing wrong with, with your friend saying, you know, right now I, I'm not at a place that I can really listen to you. Hmm. And let me take a break. And then I'll be back. What you never want to do is to say, hey, you are so stirred up. You're out of control. I you don't need think to you take can a... listen to it. Yeah. Right. So I, I really like the way you framed that. You're so good with scripts, Greg. So I can't really hear you right now. There's, I, I just am not able to. You've made it about you. I mean, yeah. there's, there's no argument. You deserve for me to really be able to hear you and to understand right now. I'm just not at that place. Let me take a break. Yeah. I will be back. We'll talk this through later on. Now... You have to come back. And if you don't, shame on your friend <laughs> because then then yeah. it's not going to work. Yeah. In, in this friend of yours, his wife will follow him around because she knows that he's just trying to get out of it. You've got to build trust right. and reliability. And if you haven't done that, is it too late to start? Not at all. Yeah. All it takes is for one person to do this. Mm. To your point, if she's stirred up, you know, point that out. You're just saying, I'm not at a place. Yeah. Anything like that sets you up to have success, that's going to build on one another. And you guys will be amazed over the months how you are able to better manage conflict. Yeah, de-escalating, it's not running away. It's just saying, right 
now, let's let cooler heads prevail right. and, and come back when we can do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we have a lot of great uh, follow-up in the show notes for this conversation. Um, you'll find our contact info uh, with tips and tools at the website. We do have Deb and Ron DeArmond's book, Don't Go to Bed Angry, Stay Up and Fight. And when you make a generous donation of any amount to support the ongoing work of Focus on the Family, we'll send a complimentary copy of that to say thank you for joining the support team. This reminder uh, to subscribe and leave a review at iTunes or wherever you listen. And next time, join us. We'll have more from Deb and Ron. Until then, on behalf of Greg Smalley and the team, I'm John Fuller. Thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.